Hello, this is Corey. This is Ryan. This is the Unqualified Commission Podcast, in which Corey and Ryan embrace the great commission given to us in Matthew 28, 19, and 20. We aim to strengthen the walk of fellow Christians, and we hope to reach the lost. Although we're not qualified, we have been equipped to share God's love. Thank you for joining us on the show. Hello, everyone. Um, I want to welcome you to our uh, this week's show. This is a very special show. Um, like I said last week, I gave a teaser. Uh, we have a special guest this week. Um, he's near and dear to my heart. Uh, we've got to do a lot of ministry together. We've got to do a lot of uh, things in our life that I didn't see myself. If you would have asked me 10 years ago, if I would be uh, knowing this man, I would probably told you no. And if I did know him, it would have been on different paths. But um, I'd like to introduce you to Jordan Rupel. Jordan, welcome to our show. Thank you. Um, before we get started, Jordan, can you lead us in a word of prayer, please? Yes. Dear Lord and Heavenly Father, we just come to you today. Lord, just thank you for this divine opportunity, Father. This is ordained. This was, was already created before we was ever created in the womb, Father. And I just thank you for these two men that just stepped out of the, their boat, Father, stepped out on faith to do something for the world, Lord, for something for the lost. And I ask that you just pour blessings upon blessings on this thing right here on this podcast, Father. And all the ears that's listening under, under the sound of my voice, Lord, I just ask that you just anoint my lips, anoint the words that come out of me father and i just ask that you just speak directly through me father and open up the hearts father give them ears to hear father and just let's pierce hearts today lord and just let me just give me what to say father because i want it to be you father i don't want it to be me lord i want i want your your light to shine bright and your fire to burn hot father and i just ask that you just touch them father but I, father i just give you the honor the praise and every bit of the glory in advance father for what you do in our lives lord in your son's precious and holy name we pray amen amen so um Ryan and I are going to kind of step back this episode. We're going to allow Jordan a platform to share his platform or his uh, testimony. Um, this testimony is very powerful. Uh, I've heard a bit and pieces of it. I haven't actually heard it from beginning to end. So I, I want to give you the opportunity to share it. I've been waiting for this since the beginning. Yeah, of the, me, uh, I'm excited. So uh, I, I know um, our listeners, the ones who do know you, they're excited to hear you too. So uh, we're kind of just going to uh, step back. Let Jordan let, take control. And let Jordan take this uh yeah. to show so we'll let you i will kind of keep us on i'll ask some questions or kind of keep us down a path if i you know if we're chasing too many rabbits but uh either way i will kind of let you take the wheel so be our guest uh well this um my testimony starts back when i was an adolescent it's um i had a great raising i was raised by my mom most of the time my, my mom and my dad they split up when i was 11 years old and my dad he was an alcoholic and uh, there's things that I've seen that most kids shouldn't see. And there's uh, a lot of abuse, not toward me, but kind of physically toward my mom and mentally toward my mom. But uh, after they'd split up, it was just my mom and uh, my two other siblings. And we lived a lot with my grandma and stuff. But um, at a very early age, I can remember being about eight or nine and uh, tasting beer and stuff for my first time. I drank some with my dad. He thought it was cool. I remember just be drinking uh, out of a gallon jug, you know, a draft beer, just thinking it was it was funny, he thought. But I was getting that taste in my mouth because they say uh, addiction is passed down from generation to generation or, or alcoholism is passed down through the genes. And, yeah, I can believe that. But once you uh, start getting that taste of it at a very early age and then it's also passed down, then you're going to start doing more and more. And my grandma, she was old school. She uh 
would get brand she'd give me brandy for a, a cough so so therefore she not knowing she was giving me a taste of of alcohol mm-hmm. you were getting so, exposed to it even yes. though it was even maybe on purpose you yes. were still getting exposed to it so uh even, even if you if you take that as like an example you can be like even in a house where your mom and dad my mom and dad didn't smoke no cigarette or smoke no bud or nothing like that but just for an example if you get into that situation you're already inhaling something so you're already getting it introduced to that at a very early age and you don't even realize this and there it starts an addiction at a very early age and, and you don't understand this but once you once it happens you you start realizing but um after i uh, started drinking and stuff and but after my divorce or not after my divorce but after my mom and dad got split up you know it was just us so um, i had a brother and a sister i was the oldest of the three and i like to fight man i was uh, i like to fight my brother and I used to watch my dad just knock holes and things, you know. And um, I got to the age when I finally reached that age that I could see I could punch a hole in the wall or knock a windshield out, you know. Then then I was being like my dad, you know. So that's all what a man wants to be. You want to act like you want to be like more like your dad. Well, um, I, I started just uh, rebelling a lot. And uh, by about age of, I'm gonna say about thirteen, I was already drinking pretty good by then. I, I was done getting into my mom's because she just had stuff put back you know like for mm-hmm. cough medicine and stuff just about uh i was drinking to be drinking did she know about it mm-hmm. no she didn't know she didn't know and um and by the time i was 15 i, was, I done got introduced to pills and uh so i started taking pills i'd, I'd go into my grandma's because we live with my grandma a lot i'd go in there i'd take her pills i'd uh, just be taking pills man just a just a few here and there and I was taking them to school, getting my other buddies introduced to them too. So, do you do you were you at the age that you knew what pills you were taking, no. or were you just taking just to try to just if, to find to find the high? If it said may cause drowsiness on the bottle, count me in. I was taking it, so uh, that's what I it was didn't have to be a narcotic for me to take. You know, if it said may cause drowsiness, because the first pill I ever took was an Ambien. That's uh, and if you fight to sleep, then you're gonna be tore up. You see, and especially at a very early age, and um. And then I was taking all these pills, and then at school I was telling my buddy about the Ambien. Well, he met a, or we knew a girl, she went and stole a whole script from her grandpa this day and poured half the script in my hand, half of them in their hand, and there's two other girls took a pill apiece. Well, I remember trying to hide them in an ink pen this day. And was, school was getting out early. I was in eighth grade, and uh, I just started eating them. Well, at a very early age like that, and you pass out at school, you can't walk, talk, do nothing else, and they're having to tote you back to the classroom. And they're telling everybody, they had me at that water fountain throwing water on me, telling everybody I overheated at PE. Well, that didn't go over well, because the other boy that took a bunch of them, his, and they're telling him if police come, he's going to shoot up to school. So uh, I ain't going to get on in, in his testimony right now, but he, he, right, as right now, he's in prison. But um, but I had ended up going to, I ended up going to, the hospital because of the principal and stuff they they called the hospital and they said and the doctors anybody's gonna tell a young kid like hey you need to get their stomach pumped so i wouldn't tell them what i took and another boy we had another boy bringing us pills at school he was just taking out of his mom see this is just stupidity you know because uh, i was taking anything you'd give me you could give me something like just kill me right then i wouldn't know or get into something and it could have been all of it but uh anyway uh I ended up getting put on probation. I had to get my stomach pumped that day and ended up having to get put on probation. And that was the first time I got put on probation. Then I was in the juvenile system. And uh, it just uh, went on from 
Oh, I ended up being on probation four or five different times during my juvenile year. But um, I started out smoking a lot of weed, and I got introduced to crystal meth at a very early age also. But I, I, I just like smoking weed. That was, that was my drug of choice for a very long time. And um, So, um, you know, they call weed the gateway drug, right? Yeah. But um, So there was obviously other substances that you got before weed, but... Uh, was weed the first time you had ever experienced the high, no. that, or was that you were just trying to chase that high that you got? Yes. I, I believe, me truly myself believe alcohol is the gateway. Because once you do, once you drink, you get balls. I don't know if I can say that, but you get balls. You get ballsy. Liquid courage. Yes, and then you, then if something else is put in front of you, yeah, you know, count me in. You know, you're already not in your right mind no more. But I believe alcohol was the gateway really but uh but so, like do you think um like we hear you know the white horse do you think that you experienced a high that got you higher than any other highs on the marijuana or do you think that you were just trying to find that original high that you well it, it was all di it was a different all different kind of highs there's all everything give you a different kind of high it did me some was upper some was down or some was just just make you just like you said, liquid courage, you know, I was kind of shy growing up, but, uh, you get a few shots of whiskey. I mean, I'm going to talk to anybody, you know, and, uh, but I, I'm going to get on into that later what the Lord's done to me. But, um, uh, it was just, um, it was just, like I said, just different highs. Yes, there's a white dragon. I guess you could say you're a white elephant you was chasing, but, uh, I was just addicted to something that altered my mind to get me out of life. Something to take away the reality. Yes, I didn't want to. I didn't want to. I didn't want to live life because I didn't know how to live life unless I was had a buzz. Because, like I said, when I started, it was an early age, but it progressed all through my. I'm I'm 34 now, fixing to be 35, and 19 years of my life was addiction. So that's over half my life. And once you're over half your life in an addiction, you know how do you even live life without being high or some some sort. And it wasn't just the high, it was everything that come along with it. All the sin, you know. And uh, it was just, it's just wild what the Lord's been doing. But um, after the overdose, I was in the juvenile system. And I made it through that pretty good. Got back back in school. Uh, they didn't expel me or nothing. But I, that was my first class C felony because I got caught with the pills. I couldn't hide them. I didn't take them all. I was a first class C felony in eighth grade. And uh, I got put back in, um, in school. And... uh. But I kept doing, I kept doing. And by the end of ninth grade, I think it was, I didn't quit school. I, didn't, I was done, done with school. My mom and them wouldn't sign for me because that wasn't in their blood. They, I was going to school. I made good grades up until seventh grade, and that's when all my grades just dropped. And I didn't want to be at school. I was miserable, so I was skipping school, getting high, floating the creeks all the time. And um, then I was in the juvenile system, like I said. It wasn't signed for me, so they got, I got in trouble for truancy for not going to school. So I was in the system already. So they come got me, and I got arrested. And I tried lying and told them uh, that I was old enough to drink. I told them I was 21, but I was a lie. I was only I was only uh, 17 at the time. And so they had to transport me to Franklin County, but then they had to come back and get me and take me to the juvenile detention center again. Well, I ended up getting sent to boot camp for my first time, a boot camp slash rehab. And at a very early age, I knew rehab wasn't for me because rehab if you want to go to rehab you better be ready to quit because um if you're not ready to quit rehab ain't gonna be for you mm. and uh, my motto is fake it till you make it and that's garbage advice but that's the advice that i always said and um 
that night, you know, the first time I went, I went to Gaston for 48 days. And I was in and out of boys' homes and juvenile detention centers, but 48 days was the longest I had been gone at the first time for the first time. And um, that night, you know, I got out, got drunk, slobber knocking drunk, smoked out, and then uh, got in trouble again. And I uh, had to go down to Mobile for it was supposed to be a 90-day program, but like I said, I was I was raised well, very well respected kid, but I rebelled. I chose to do wrong. What was your reason behind rebelling? I guess because I didn't have that father figure. I wanted to be more like my dad. My dad was an alcoholic. I wanted to be like my daddy. That's but, the only like influence you had growing up. Was your, yeah. Really, really I, and truly, yeah. Person you looked up and to. then after he left, you know, see, I was an awesome ball player, and daddy never was around. Daddy didn't want to have no part in sports. So my brother and my sister, they was awesome at ball, but they did, we didn't have daddy there to support us. You know, mama was always there, but daddy never was. And as a man without that father figure, a father figure is a, a very big role in life, so. Yeah. If anybody's listening, you know, and you're a dad, uh, step up and be a dad, you know. But uh, it's good because uh, I had to learn, you know. And uh, my mom and them always told me as I was growing up, uh, said, you're going to be just like your daddy. Or are you just like your daddy? Well, I've done accumulated to what my daddy was, you know. So guess my, what my mindset, you know. You're going to tell me like I'm on my daddy, I'm going to be worse than my daddy. And then I turned out worse than my daddy. My daddy, he didn't he didn't do all that time when he was a kid. and and I, he was in and out of jail a little bit, but uh, he never was in the trouble that I was in. And so I started doing a lot worse than my daddy. And like I said, I was introduced to crystal meth at a very early age. And by the time I'd done got sent off this last time, I've done been I've done staying spun out for a long time, days at times, you know, or weeks at a time. And um, and I've done started shooting dope, learned how to start making dope, shaking bottles, and that's just it was just a cheap way of. A cheap form of crystal meth but i was doing all this and then i went to boot camp down there in mobile and i stayed for it was a 90-day program but i got out on good behavior on 78 days and that was a, that was an accomplishment you know but still i wasn't ready to quit so i got out and guess what i was, I was already calling up buddies on my way home just to have things lined up so i can start getting high again but um i turned 18 down there and now i was an adult i thought so when I got back, I was, I was just always job hopping. Didn't live with my mom and them just a whole lot. I lived with a lot of friends growing up. And just just didn't have that, that role model or that father figure. And um, by the time I turned 21, I done drink so much. I was tired of drinking by the time I turned 21. But after a couple of months of not drinking, you know, I was ready to start drinking again. Mm-hmm. So um, 22 years old, I finally, I got introduced to the Lord. I got married. And um, my wife, my ex-wife, she was pregnant. And uh, that's all I ever wanted to be when I was growing up was most people want to be a firefighter or a policeman or something like that. But I wanted to be a dad. That's all I wanted to be in life. And uh, because I didn't have a good dad. My dad loved me. He said he loved me, but he never was there. And um, so found out I was, she was pregnant. So I, I, was, I considered myself a bastard child. My mom and dad never was married. And that's just things you hear the world say. Well, you're a bastard if your mom and dad never was married. Well, I didn't want to have a bastard child, so I went ahead and went and got married. And we had we had a we had a real wedding at a church. And um, I knew I was saved because man, the, I was telling a buddy the other day. He, I said, uh, there's this old man. He's ninety something year old, but his cold hands I can remember him like it was yesterday. His cold hands hold my my hands, and uh, he prayed. You couldn't barely understand him when he prayed or when he spoke, but uh, he whatever he said. I felt something different that day. 
and um every time the altar was open he would crawl he'd, he'd drop his cane and he'd he'd crawl up there man and oh that was just something i wanted to i want to be like you know when i when i get that age yeah but uh it, it was uh it was a uh, it was an example that i wanted to be like but uh when i was uh after i said after my, my daughter she was born i had an awesome daughter i prayed you know i prayed to the womb that i have a healthy daughter and just a healthy child and um my grandpa, he was an alcoholic too. I'm just gonna jump back real quick, but uh, he had an anointing on his life. I didn't know this until about a year or two ago. An anointing to uh, he was called to preach, but it, his dad told him he wasn't gonna preach that he was gonna work. So he fought demons all of his life, but he fought alcohol alcoholism all his life. But um, I just see when the mantle's placed on one generation, I hear it skips the next, and it'll fall up on the other. Well, I run from the Lord after I, after I got saved and stuff. I went I went to church for a while. I was still holding on to something. I was still wanting to get high. I still wanted to drink a little bit. And me and my ex-wife, uh, we, we, we would drink. We'd smoke together. But when my, my, my daughter was about two years old, me and my wife, she, my daughter would stay with my mom. And me and my, my ex-wife, we went out with some friends drinking. And um, I, was gonna come, I was driving home. I, I've already had, uh, by this time, I had three DUIs. And uh, I was I met the police, and uh, I, they turned around and blue lighted me. Well, this was I was trying to avoid, avoid my fourth DUI. I didn't want to go to prison because I had a kid now, and fourth DUI usually go to prison. Well, um, so I was running. I run from the police, and I hit somebody about head on, and it hit a tree, and they had to air evac both of us. They had to revive my ex-wife a couple times before the, they ever took off, took her off in the helicopter. But I was out that night with four fractured ribs, and um, she had to stay in a induced coma for about three and a half weeks, and I didn't know if she was going to make it or not. And that was just um, that was something that you just, as a man, you just don't know how to handle really. But I got close to God. I mean, I, I got really close to Him. I was praying. I, I, I seen miracles, man. I seen um, she had to learn how to walk, talk, had to have brain surgery, had to do all this stuff, and I didn't know if my mom, my my daughter was going to have a a dad or a mom anymore because after all this stuff but after three and a half weeks of an induced coma she pulled through and uh she she got a room for about a week and a half up there in huntsville but uh like i said i seen i seen the lord do a lot of a lot of things man and um uh, but after we got out of the hospital i went back to work and um she got back on her feet and uh i found her having an affair on me a little bit later and this ain't nothing toward her or nothing, but this is just what made me do the things that I I, I did. And uh, I was broke. I was really broken. And I said, if crystal meth was ever put back in my path, I would do it again. And I, I was clean off of it for five years. And uh, it was it was put back in front of me, and it was the cheapest it ever been. And I was working. I was making money, and I, was, I could do it. And so I was doing it every day for I don't know how long. And uh. And even though I had this awesome daughter, you know, she she wasn't with me all the time. She was over there on, only over at the, every other weekend or so. So I'd stay high until I'd get her. And then I, I kept staying in trouble. I had another wreck and nearly killed me. But it just slung me out of the truck. And I remember sliding down the, down the asphalt and I'd come to my feet. And it didn't even hurt me. But it should have killed me. But I just, I, I walked and got some help. Went to my mom's. And you'd think this would straighten me up, but it never did. And I just kept on and kept on doing the drugs and alcohol. And um, 
I hit rock bottom. I'm going to just go fast forward a lot because my, my stuff was addiction I, and everything that come along with it. And I can, I can sit here and talk about addiction, talk about addiction, talk about addiction. But uh, I'm done talking about addiction because the old man is dead. Mm-hmm. That man died. I'm, I'm ready to talk with the host. I'm, I'm ready to talk about what the Holy Spirit's done for me, man. The Holy Spirit's done a lot. And he keeps doing a lot. I went to my encounter, and that's where these men right here, they, they've been through the encounters. And they can, I know y'all have heard a lot of encounter talk on this, but uh, December 2020, I got introduced to the Holy Spirit. That's better than any dope that I'd ever done. Better than any drink that I'd ever drink. That void that I felt, that was just, I needed to feel. It was filled with the Holy Spirit. Because um, we're all created with a God-sized void in our hearts. And I packed mine full of drugs and alcohol, women, whatever it was. And uh, these listeners, I know you do the same. You, you see their it can be money, it can be drugs, it can be whatever it can be. But let me tell you, you'll wake up the next morning and that void's still going to be there. But when you get the Holy Spirit in your life, I know Corey told me not to do this or say this, but you can Google the, you can you can tell me scripture, brother, but uh, he will never leave you nor forsake you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. So you can wake up in the morning, brother, and I'm going to tell you, he's still going to be there. You ain't got to worry about chasing that next high. You ain't got to worry about chasing that next woman or working for that another dollar to fill that void because you're going to have it when you wake up. You're going to have it when you go to bed. And I used to go to sleep wanting to be high. I used to wake up wanting to be high. But now I wake up just, uh, just, just filled with the Holy Spirit, just, before my feet hit the ground, you know, you just want to thank Lord for another day. I used to have suicidal thoughts. I didn't want to. I didn't even want to live. I didn't care. I didn't care if I woke up the next morning. But now it's like oh, I want to see another day of life. I want to see what the Lord has for me this day. I want to see who He's going to place in my path to to witness to, to pray for, to just uh, give a word of encouragement, just a smile. You know, I mean, I got a missing tooth, and I don't even like smiling a whole lot. But boy, I'll show my missing tooth these days because because <laughs> that's what the Lord's done for me. He's a He's placed a smile on me, man. He's placed me with a spiritual eyes to to see things that some people can't see, things that people don't want to see. And if you cross my path and I see you uh, struggling, I mean, I'm gonna try my best to help you in any way I can. But life's still gonna be a struggle when you find this, uh, when you when you get on this walk of life, because God didn't promise you an easy life. He just promised you it's gonna be worth it. And uh, life is well worth it. Just the walk that I'm walking on these days, you know. Uh, so many things happening in churches or at our church and so many doors being open, you know, it's just so many doors was open at the church that we attend. And uh, I'm so thankful for the, the leadership there and for the people that's there and uh, all the people that he's placed in my life through these encounters. Because I wish I could say the first encounter just um, changed my life for the good. But uh, I was one of those uh, ones that you uh, it took a while, you know, I, I didn't get introduced to the Holy Spirit, and the next day I was done with addiction. It went on, it went good for a while, you know, about three months, and then before you know it, I was smoking, I smoked dope one time three months ago by, and I wondered why 
I done high, I was high every day for three months. But I had to go through a growth process. It, it took me a lot of growth. I was one of those kids. You tell me it was hot. Guess what? I'm going to go touch it to see if it is. And I had 10 fingers. You know, I'm going to touch them with all 10 fingers. So that'd be 10 different times you're going to tell me. And I'm still going to go over and test it that many times. And if I had to take my feet, my shoes off, I might do it again too, you know. But that's just how I was. I, I wasn't the one that uh, learned my lesson that first time. And, and my hat's off to the ones that do. But me, I couldn't. I didn't want to because that was that rebellion spirit in me. But um, that last time I got delivered, man, uh, from crystal meth, my, my daughter, uh, she's, like I said, I, I used to pray for her to the womb. When she was in her mama's belly, I would pray to it and pray to her. And she's got an anointing on her life. And um, this, the things that I see her do and what she sees me do, because our kids look up to us. Yeah, My kid doesn't have to look up to me drinking a beer or drinking whiskey or smoking dope or anything she don't have to look at me like that or cussing she ain't got to look at me cussing or nothing you broke that cycle it's, yeah. it's been broken and uh and it's awesome because uh i wish i could share, share some pictures but i got a picture she went to, she just got back from church camp just yesterday or saturday yes yesterday and uh a buddy of mine sent a picture of her praising and worshiping <laughs> she sees me i'm just that example mm-hmm not only our kids see us, but the world sees us too. So if a kid sees a grown person praising and worshiping and living for the Lord, then you know a grown man can see that too. Because a kid's a kid, and a grown man's done got out of that kid's stage. It's their choice whether they're going to see it or not. Mm -hmm. And after, as, a, as a Christian, you know, the Bible tells us we're going to be persecuted, you know. We ain't getting our heads chopped off, but um, there's people talking about us. Judgment. And uh, it, we're going to be judged. We're going to be persecuted. It's, it's going to, things are happening, but I don't want to get into all that because uh, we ain't there yet. But uh, as a Christian, I don't have to worry about that because I know who I stand for. I know who's for me and not against me. And um, it's just, um, I got a verse, you know, it's Jeremiah 29, 20, 20 verse 9 is a but if i say i will not mention him or speak any more in his name his word is in my heart like a fire a fire shut up in my bones man it's like a i've got to let him out it's um i gotta tell about it i mean i don't know scripture for scripture but um when i go into a grocery store or a gas station or just walking down the street or somewhere i try my best to find at least two or three people to go over and witness to and tell them about the lord and how faithful he is and um, what he will do for them. Because if he'll do it for me, he'll do it for you. And it's um, and that's just what's awesome because I, I, I thought for a long time, you know, for a very long time that I was going to die <laughs> drinking or drugging or just something like that. That's how I knew I was going to be in the casket. And uh, the Lord, he says, no, he, he seen he created me for more. He created me for uh, an awesome pur purpose and uh, he's created me to be bold and courageous you know and um and i try to be that i try to i i used to get loud at bars i used to do some stupid stuff at bars and places but now when you turn on some worship music i try to be the loudest one in the room because uh that's what he's done for me uh, yeah he's pulled me straight from the pits of hell straight from darkness because uh, i knew what hell on earth was and um 
a lot of these people that you know that you see you don't you can't judge a book by its cover because they might have it all together on the outside but on the inside you don't know what they're going through and um i try to hold it together a lot but i'm still not just perfect i'm still not i'm I'm not done with i'm still i'm still being molded i'm I'm just still some clay man he's the potter you know we're all works in progress that's right you know we just need to be teachable that's right you know and and that's what I tell people all the time. You know, I don't know everything. I'm not one of these know-it-alls. You can teach me. I mean, I'm going to listen. You can teach me. I'm teachable. But as long as you know everything and already got everything figured out, you can't be teachable. And that's where a lot of people mess up these days, especially as Christians already know everything, you know. They you think can, they know everything. You, yeah. you can know all the scripture in the Bible and still be lost as a duck, you know. I mean, that's just the thing. You You can be a lost duck still just trying to find water. Satan used the word. Satan <laughs> yeah. tried to use the word that's against right. Jesus. I mean, that's right. Satan knows the word. Anybody can know the word. That's right. But it's that relationship. We got to have a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. I mean, in that relationship, I've been single for a while now, you know, but uh, I got that relationship. I'm not lonely no more because I have him. I used to be so lonely because I didn't have nobody to talk to. Well, well no, you, you can talk to him all the time. He's never going to leave you nor forsake yeah. you. He's always listening. We, sometimes we don't think he's going to hear our voice. But once you start getting that relationship and you start getting that faith after you done stepped out of your boat out on the water like Peter, you know, don't don't keep your eyes on the storm. Keep your eyes on focused on him and uh, you're going to walk on some water, not necessarily just physical water, but this water, you know, it, it's spiritually as you sin. You're going to walk all over it. And the uh, enemy and, and the devil, I mean, and the Lord doesn't give us uh, authority to, to tread on serpents, you know, and to, and to walk on the scorpions and. And man, that's his promises, you know, and that's what we get to stand on. Cause uh, I could tell you two men something, some secret, a, a major secret, you know. But as men, you're gonna let me down. Yeah. But I can put all my trust in the Lord, and He's never gonna let me down. And that's just uh, that's awesome itself, you know. So like, cause once we get in that Word, you start finding promises and things that you can just actually stand on, and so. It's the firm rock, man. It's a, it ain't no sinking sand. You can build your house on the rock. And that's where I just, I chose to build my house. I mean, mm-hmm. and he, he's the leader of my house. And um, like I said, I'm not perfect. I still struggle. I still I still get caught up in the world every once in a while. But uh, he checks me real quick, you know. And as long as he's checking me and I've got somebody to keep me in check, then I'm all right. Because uh, he, he, he's not done with me. But um, what do you think? was your motivator for change to want to be different to want to let go of your addictions and what was your last straw that made you want to change because you said you went to rehab a few times and didn't do anything because you didn't want to change like i was saying earlier you know my 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 daughter's got an anointing that's where i kind of left off my daughter's got an anointing on her she's having dreams um she's having dreams and um and she went to heaven a couple times in her dreams and um this this one time she had a scratch on her face that where a cat scratched her mm-hmm. and a bump on her face and the dream she had she went to heaven and seen all kinds of stuff seen people that she had that had done passed on and it wasn't familiar spirit but uh, she had these dreams and she got up and she went into her bedroom and, and I and I'd been high this night and I hate to even admit like that but I'd been high this night been up all night on on dope and um. And she come back in there and she had a look on her face and I said, do you have a bad dream? And she told me her nightmare that happened before the dream. Then she told me about the dream and she said before she got sent back to earth 
that Jesus was going to heal her boo-boos on her face. So what she did when she woke up, she went to the bathroom, looked in the mirror, come back, boo-boos were gone. And I knew something was real. That's awesome. So um, I went to the preacher's house. I said, look, this is what's happened. And he said, I feel like you need prayer. He said, but I don't want to do it in my house. He didn't want to pray it, off, pray it off in his house. And as he was saying this, the power and stuff in there flickered. So he said, I'm going to call up a few men to the church, and uh, we're going to pray for you. So we went to the church, and he said a few men, but uh, there was about 11 or 12 of them showed up. And I don't remember if y'all was there or not, but... Uh, I think I was. Yeah, you know, that was the last time I ever touched crystal meth. Mm-hmm. And uh, all of them desires. A man told me, he said... I kept telling him about this repetitive cycle I was in, and uh, I'd do good for a few months, and I'd relapse. I'd do a few good months, and he said, son, you want me to tell you what's wrong with you? I said, yes, sir. He said, you're not all in. I said, thank you, because that's what I needed. Yeah. And, uh, he was a recovering alcoholic, and now he's a preacher, but he told me, he said, son, you're not all in. He looked me dead in my eyes, and uh, he said, son, you're not all in. So that's when I said, all right, Lord, you know because I was, I was opening all these little doors. Once you open little doors to little pet sins and stuff that you don't think is nothing, that opens up the big door back to whatever whatever it may be. Like my, my big door was addiction. After I quit smoking and drinking and drugging, I was still fornicating. I was still masturbating. I was still um, smoking vapes and the cigarettes. Mm-hmm. Just little things, little doors being open because once you're you're his temple, you you you're not supposed to be doing all that stuff anymore, especially the fornicating and stuff. You're not supposed to be smoking a cigarette or nothing either. Yeah. But people's got different outlooks, and I'm not going to get into that today. But me, every time I smoke a cigarette or a vape, I was sinning. I felt it. I knew I was. It was, it was conviction on me. Yeah. But um, once I closed all them little doors, the big door to addiction ain't even been open no more. So I had, I got my 11 month chip the other day. I go to celebrate recovery there in Red Bay and um. I got my 11 months ship the, the last Tuesday of June will be a year. I'll be in the medals, man. And that, and that's a big milestone for me because I didn't think it was possible. But with God, all things are possible. Well, that's awesome. I'm proud of you. I appreciate it. And, uh, and, I, and I don't I don't take the glory from for nothing I do. It's all, all glory goes to him. I give him every bit of it. I give him glory for being here today, for y'all calling me, you know, because uh, um, with me, man, I'm just so I'm just. I'm a nobody, you know, I'm just, I'm just dirt of the earth. That's all I am. But with him, man, I'm, I'm a child of God. I'm, I'm a royal priesthood and, and a child of the most high. It's just, it's, uh, it's awesome. You know, we're called to do work and here y'all are with the podcast, reaching all kinds of people, the people y'all ain't never going to meet, you know, and, uh, and that's what's awesome about all this is because I feel like this testimony is going to touch somebody yeah. that I don't even know that y'all ain't even going to know. We ain't even going to meet them. And that's the purpose of sharing your testimony yeah. is to reach people and let them see how God used yeah. you. And if they could do it for you, they can do it for them. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, our testimony is what's going to set other captives free. I mean, mm-hmm. if the Lord, there's so many in these churches these days, you know, they've got the, the Lord's given them a testimony, but they don't want to get up and tell it. Yeah. Well, you're not, you're not helping these other people. You're not helping the lost. You're not helping set them free. I mean, it's not yours no more. You're, we're not our own people no more. After we dedicate our lives to him, we're his. That's his ownership. We're his ownership, you know, and uh, mm-hmm. we're supposed to do whatever it is. It's simple as simple, something as simple as getting up and telling what the Lord's done for you. And that's giving him glory for mm-hmm. it, you know, and that's what we're called to do is right. give him glory. And uh, all glory goes to him, yeah. man. And, uh, 
and that's just a that's a big thing in life just whatever happens in life you know i try to make sure that he gets the glory the honor and every bit of the praise because i don't want it i, I it ain't me i promise you that if, if it was up to me i'd be getting hired doing something stupid i've tried things my own way for so long and it's always a dead end you know it might be might have a couple more curves in the road when you take the when you take that path again but you're always going to hit that right at that dead end every time and, and that dead end is a ain't nothing there yeah and then you're just you're miserable and i was miserable for a long time but uh just the things like i'm gonna tell you just a few things that the lord has has let me allowed me to do you know uh back in october we go we do 24 oj man we i got baptized in um i got baptized in big bear lake i wanted to get baptized in cedar creek but in the spirit realm you see this in spirit i was big i was, I was baptized in big bear lake well, my daughter, we do 24 OJ at Crow's Neck most of the time. Mm-hmm. Well, for some reason, we didn't do it at Crow's Neck. We did it at um, Tishomingo State Park. Well, Big Bear Creek flows down through there. Okay? Well, that's, that's, that's the, that's, I'm going to say that's like the kid of the Big Bear Body Lake. Well, my daughter wanted to be baptized. I got to baptize my daughter in Big Bear Creek. See, in the spirit, it's all tied together. It's all tied together. And uh, I got to baptize my daughter. And my, with our preacher, he baptized his daughter. We did it at the same time. That's a God thing. That's awesome. And um, and things that's opened up in the church, you know, I'm on uh, the the men's ministry now or the, the men's council just to kind of help teach, you know, and um, want to head up deliverance ministry and just different things, you know, that wasn't in me, you know. But yeah. I didn't see it in me, but others see it in me, and it's what God's placed in my life. Now I'm doing jail ministry. I go to Tishomingo County. We get to witness to these inmates. Man, we had an awesome time last Friday night, you know. So I went up in there and told them, I was like, look, you go up in a place like this and, and you, you're, y'all are trying to be hard. You're trying to look hard for the, for the next inmate that walks in. But when you know you're covered by the Lord and you've got angels all around you, you can walk up anywhere and still feel way bigger than all these other men and way harder, you know. But, uh, I told him, I said, man, I, I did not see nobody hard in here. I said, I seen a lot of brokenness. I seen a lot of broke men that just is confused, don't know what their purpose is in life, don't know why they're even here, or not not just they're in jail, but don't know why they're here on earth. And I told him, I was like, look, man, I used to be the same one. I, I used to be just try to be as hard as I could be. I tatted up, you know, just try to be mean mugging, just a. Uh, but I was softer than most toilet paper you wipe your butt with. You know, that's what I was telling y'all a while ago. And, and uh, the, the hardest looking one in there, in that place, he made two or three paths by in front of us with his inmate suit just all just sagging and stuff and come down there and sit down. And he was the first one and I seen a tear roll down his face. The world's broken. It just needs love. Men, men of this world is broken. People of this world are all... all they're all out looking for something. They're, most people are looking for something real. They've had a lot of people lie to them. All, all the government, I ain't even getting into politics, but the government's lying to everybody. Everybody's lying to everybody. Your spouse is lying to you. If you ain't living for God, they're lying to you. Your kids are lying to you. Whatever. If you ain't got God, things, things, things are going to unfold badly. But everybody's looking for something, the truth, something real. And let me tell you, God is real. The Holy Spirit, man, he's a he's a mind blower. <laughs> he 
he's a he's a power from on high let me tell you man he, he just rocks my world and like i said before he, he's better than any dope i'd ever smoke better than any drink i'd ever drink but uh it's some good stuff and um and, and right here another while i'm talking about that it says in psalm 34 8 taste and see that the lord is good blessed is the man who takes refuge in him and everybody likes some good cake or good something you know and if you if you eat your one piece you're gonna want another piece you know if you taste some a good hamburger you might eat two hamburgers but if you taste something that's good you're going to want more of it and uh i tasted and seen that the lord is good and and i want a lot more of it you know it's a it's a hunger man it's a hunger that uh, he's placed in me that um i just i just i just want to eat from you know i just want to i just want to eat more and more and he's given us uh his word and we can't live off bread alone but by his words you know and uh and a thirst, you know, when we drink from the well that never runs dry. I mean, Jesus Christ is, is the solution to all of it. I mean, that's that's He's the solution. But uh, John eight thirty six, you know, we live by this in the encounter. So if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. And um, He's broke my chains. He's He's took the shackles off my feet. And he's He's took the shackles off my my wrist. He's a uh, He's um uh, He's set me free, man. I, I was a captive to sin for so long, you know, and uh. He set me free, and um, and, and like even in jail, you know, you go to jail for so long, or even if you're just working for, for eight hours or twelve hour shifts or whatever, you know, when you get out, you're free. You feel like you're free, or when you get when you get a week of vacation, you're free. But um, man, true freedom is in Christ, you know. And when He sets you free, you, you you're free from everything, you know. And, and and that's just what's that's just what's awesome. And um, and First John two fifteen says, "Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him." So, um, just don't get caught up in this world and love the things of this world. You know, don't be don't be loving all this garbage that the world's be throwing at you and uh, telling you that it's okay to love because those are lies from the enemy. You gotta love the Father. If you don't love the Father and you love this world, then the love of the Father is not in you. You know, so. Um, First John four four, you dear ch you dear children are from God and have overcome them, because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. And those are just verses that I stand on. You know, it's a uh, because without the Lord, man, I'm nobody, and without the Lord, I'm powerless. I have no power to go another day of sobriety. Yeah, I have no I have no power to go another day without looking at a woman lustfully. I have no power to not get mad and, and, and knock a hole in the wall or something. I'm, I'm powerless. I'm powerless over my addiction if, if I don't have the Lord. I mean, but with him, you know, he's greater than any anything that's in the world. I heard this preacher one time. He was saying, that, you know, sobriety is a day-by-day -day thing. It's not, if you look at the big picture, you know, it's a day is a small piece of it. Mm -hmm. If you look at the big picture, you're thinking, you know, what's the point of it? I can't do this. But if you take it day by day, he said he woke up every morning and he fell flat on his face and said, uh, Lord, give me another day. Help me through this day. Take it day at a time. Well, see, that's that's another thing with my addiction. It's like when I was going to celebrate recovery before, they they do these chip system, you know, and it's mm -hmm. just a plastic chip. And you get you get your, third, you get your free one. You first when you're free one. That's when you get on board. Yeah. And you get 30 days, 60 days, 90 days, and so on, you know. Well, you know. I wasn't living it day by day. I was wanting to hurry up and ready to see years and yeah. stuff, and I would get discouraged. And then before you knew it, it's like, well, I'm gonna smoke dope one more time, you know. And then I'd I'd be smoking dope longer, and I had my chips again, you know. And it's like, how where'd all that time go? You know, that was quick. 
Mm-hmm. But uh, I started living it day by day, you know, uh, minute by minute, second by second. And, and, and then that's when uh, your weeks start adding up and your weeks turn into months and your months into years. And uh, that's just where that's just a whole a mindset he's given me these days. Uh, it's all growth. It's, it's, yeah. it's a spiritual growth. It's it's all maturity, it's spiritual maturity, growth, maturity. And it's, a, it's just powerful, man. Once you just really see the Lord moving in your life. And I, I've seen a, just so many things just here recently, you know, things that I just like, what in the world, you know? And I know it was God. I mean, it wasn't no man. It wasn't no me. I'll tell you that. But uh, yeah, it's just good stuff. Well, I want to take this moment and I want to say thank you. Uh, thank you for being a guest in our, uh, in our, our studio. Yeah. yeah. It's, uh, it was an honor and a privilege to hear your testimony. And uh, I've been looking forward to this for a while. I really have. Say, um, for those who don't know, it is about 95 degrees in this studio. We <laughs> yeah, are we're all, all sweating, big sweating, time. Sweating, sweating uh, holy ghost fire. <laughs> but, uh, I want to thank you for sacrificing not only your time, but uh, yeah, sacrificing, your, sacrificing your comfort. Yeah. And it's been, like I said, an absolute honor and privilege. But uh, you're welcome back anytime you'd like. You just let us know. I just want to let you know I look up to you big time. and well, I, it's, I This has you. been awesome. I, know. I love what y'all have going here. And, uh just keep doing it, man. Just keep walking in what the Lord's blessed y'all with because I see it, you know, and uh, and I've been waiting to see what, what, what y'all got going on and really it blew my mind, you know. It's like, all right, I ain't, I ain't never been on nothing this fancy, you know, and uh, y'all are just getting started. So uh, next time I come in here, I might, there might be an icicles hanging from the roof, you well, know. <laughs> we got we got to figure out that air conditioning. Yeah. It, it, it's awesome, brother. I love y'all. and uh, God's doing big things for y'all. But, uh, well, this has been Corey. This is Ryan. And this is Jordan. I'm going to close you out in prayer. that cool? That's yeah. awesome, yeah. Father, we just thank you, Lord. We just give you the honor, the praise, and the glory for this, Father. I just thank you for your presence being here, Father, because we're two or more together. Father, you are in the midst, and we have three right here, Father. And all the ones that's listening, Father, I just ask that you just let the Holy Spirit fall on them like they did in here, Lord. And I ask that you just let them just let them feel the just the overwhelming of your love, Father, just the, the caressing of your arms, Father, and just your spirit, your sweet spirit, Father. And I just ask that you just let them just feel the love and feel them from the bottom of their feet to the tops of their head, Lord, so when they just walk out, Father, Father, they just more boldly and courageous, Father. And I just ask that you just bless this podcast and this ministry, Lord. And Father, just uh, just the ones that thinks they're not a they're not qualified, Father. You qualify them, Father. You've done you've done you've done uh, give them everything they need, Father. And I thank you for giving me what I needed today, Father. And I just thank you. I love you, and I just give you the honor, the praise, and every bit of the glory in your Son's precious holy name. We pray, Amen. Amen. And this has been the Unqualified Commission Podcast. We'll see you next time.